my husband ended up going to medical school. So he was in medical school. I'm having all these health issues. I'm going to conventional doctors and they're not fixing the problems for me. And so at that point, I ended up going to see a natural doctor. I thought, this is something I haven't tried. I, I want to see what he has to say. That really blew my mind. Jenny Wilson is my guest on today's podcast. She is a master herbalist, popular blogger, a best-selling author, president of a nonprofit, and a wellness coach. Also, she's a mom to seven children. She's got an amazing story. She does a lot. You'll hear more about it on this conversation and how she's been able to take challenges, overcome them, learn from hardship, and inspire and equip others to do the same today in all the different work that she's doing in the health field and in the nonprofit world and in her own family. So enjoy this conversation with my new friend, Jenny Wilson. Welcome to the Become a Provider podcast, a show about how people bless and protect others and how you can do the same. I'm your host, Justin Thomas. Let's begin. Well, hey, Jenny, thanks for joining me. Cheers to you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And so, hey, we're new acquaintances, soon to be friends after we learn uh, a little bit more of your story and a happy belated birthday to you as well. Well, thank you. I had a great birthday this week. And you said you had a little bit of snowboarding. So what level of snowboarding do you participate in here? So I'm actually a pretty good snowboarder. I grew up skiing and my father was from Utah. We grew up, I grew up in LA and we would come up for spring break each year and go skiing for a week. When I went to college in Utah, I saw these guys on boards and I thought that was so cool. I mean, that was way back when hardly anyone was doing it, but I thought I'm going to try that. And so I switched and I ended up working at a ski resort up out of Salt Lake one season, Brighton. I got really good, but I always loved speed over trying to do tricks or anything like that. <laughs> so I've always done it and, and gone fast. And now I'm a little older. I'm, I just hit 52 years old, but I can still hold my own on the hill. So that was fun. Oh, that's fantastic. You're active. You're walking the walk. I know you are in the health and wellness field and, uh, you know, no one accidentally gets into health coaching for the most part. There's, there's a story behind it. And so I can't wait to learn what that, that story is. And so as we start the conversation growing up, did you think, or even in college that you'd be in this health and wellness field, or is this a, a complete surprise? Growing up, I, I didn't, I didn't think about it at all. My mother was a singer in Los Angeles. She actually sang on the Lawrence Welk show. I don't know if you've heard of that because a lot of younger people haven't unless their grandparents watched it, but she sang on that show for about 14 years and she started looking for solutions to just reduce, you know, that she was getting mucus in her throat and just to try to clear that. So I do remember that she stopped buying milk and tried to do a few things, but beyond that, you know, there wasn't a whole lot health-wise, except that I just remember she was trying to find solutions. And then later in life, college, after college, when I got married, I had been having some recurring health problems and a lot of allergies. And I just felt like I was sick all the time and I was in and out of the doctor all the time. And it wasn't ever getting to the root of my health problems. And so that started getting frustrating for me after a few years. 
And my husband that I married in college, he was planning to do a PhD degree and ended up going to medical school, which we didn't plan on either. So he was in medical school. I'm having all these health issues. I'm going to conventional doctors and they're not fixing the problems for me. And so at that point, I ended up going to see a natural doctor with my sister. I thought, you know, this is something I haven't tried. I, I want to see what he has to say. That really blew my mind and opened up my eyes. I think he took a little sample, pricked my finger and showed me my cells on a computer screen. And started telling me all this stuff that was in my blood, all this junk, basically. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what do I do? How do I fix it? So he started teaching me about whole food diet, alkaline foods, and plant solutions for health. And at that point, I tried them. It really helped me. And I got really passionate about sharing the things I was learning with my friends and my family. And that's what kind of launched me in that direction, because I just really didn't know that much about health until I had enough of a crisis with my own body that I was motivated to really learn and, and change my lifestyle, change what I was eating and, and also learn about more natural solutions. But yeah, I got passionate about it. My mom did, my sister did. And so we all registered for this master herbalist program because we wanted to learn about plant medicine and how to be more self-reliant. Really, I just wanted, I knew I wanted to have some kids, which I ended up having seven kids. I knew I wanted to have some, and I didn't want to be beholden to going to the doctor and just hearing what he was telling me because I had tried that and, and it just didn't work a lot of the time for me. So it was mainly for my own self-reliance and having solutions that I could use in my own home on my own kids and not feeling like I had to run to a professional all the time. But it did cause a little bit of headbutting in my marriage. I was going to say, like, <laughs> when you mentioned here you are going outside the medical traditional system, and then your husband is doing the exact opposite. He's deep diving into it, studying it and learning it in the traditional model in the classroom, I would imagine. So Describe that tension in the household. Well, yeah, there was some tension, but now it's been, gosh, 23 years. We've been able to see both systems throughout those years working in our home and in our family. But at the time, yeah, it was a totally different dichotomy of thinking, you know, him on one side, me on the other. And I remember this one time where it kind of came to a head because we had had this discussion like, well, if our kids get sick, we had two preschoolers at the time, we're going to do this. If they have a fever, we're going to do this. And my husband was like, well, they're going to go to the doctor. And I was like, well, no, I'm going to do this. And so, yeah, we were kind of butting heads. The time came and it was Christmas where, you know, the doctor's not in the office on Christmas day. So we had traveled to my family in Los Angeles and my son got a fever and so I started giving him the herbs and doing the routine, put him in the hot bath. And so actually on Christmas day, he didn't have a fever. He was fine. Then we drove up to Utah to visit my husband's family. By the time we got there, he had the fever again. And then my daughter had it. So they both have a fever. The doctor's offices are closed, right? I mean, it's not an emergency. They're just sick with a fever. So I started doing the herbal routine again. And I called my herbal mentor. I'm like, okay, what am I 
doing wrong, you know, how, or how do I fix this faster? And they're like, yeah, you're doing the right things. Just do it a little more. And so that was like the big test, you know, in our marriage, when it came to health, is this going to work or not? I did the hot bath. I gave him the herbs. I gave him some warm tea, put him in bed, piled the blankets on so that they would like sweat, sweat it out. And lo and behold, it worked. (laughs) In the morning, their fevers were broke broken and they were feeling good again. They had a little cough, but, but like that was the test and, and it passed, it worked. And I was like, yes, from there on with everything that came up, most of the time, the natural things worked for us. Sometimes I didn't get it, get right on it immediately. And then it would get worse and we'd have to do some conventional something or whatever. But for 95% of our stuff, we've been able to use natural solutions. They've usually nip things in the bud and usually worked really well. So that's been really nice to just have the solutions here, just use them as soon as someone's not feeling well and generally take care of our health care ourselves. When you weren't feeling well, you mentioned some of the issues you were having, but it must've been pretty severe for you to, you know, bounce uh, outside of the healthcare system to finally find this, whether it's a functional medicine doctor or or not, I'm kind of interested to see what that path was like, but what kind of conditions or issues were you having that you're just like, this isn't normal as much or as little as you want to share. I'm just curious. Well, I had grown up really on the standard American diet. I ate a lot of white sugar, white bread, whatever, taking antibiotics. And so I think I did have some yeast overgrowth. I mean, I know I did candida is what they call it. So when I got into college and I didn't drink enough water, I know this was one problem. I didn't drink enough water. And so I was in and out of the doctor with UTIs regularly, yeast infections after I got married, started having those and lots of allergies. So I was having just like tons of mucus all the time. Just felt like if I ate one chocolate chip cookie, I would get sick. Like that would push me over the edge. And uh, I was just always feeling like, like that. And after my second child, I just got a lot of fatigue. I was so tired all the time. And I'm like, I, I can't do this. I can't have more kids. If I have no energy, got to find some kind of solution. Cause I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And so that was it. And once I really changed my diet, went onto a whole food diet within two months, a lot of the allergies went away. The symptoms decreased significantly. Then as I started learning about plant remedies and also my specific issues, I was able to learn how to manage those. So they weren't manifesting all the time. What led you to the the whole foods diet? Was that doctor, a friend, just research on your own? How did you land and become aware of the whole food diet? It was mainly through the doctor. He was like a naturopath. He did the blood analysis, you know, where he shows you on the screen what's in your blood. And so he could see that there was yeast in there, you know, that I had damaged cells, both of my parents had skin cancer and melanoma. So, and I ended up having that as well. So that was kind of a separate learning journey about that. But a lot of the same foundational principles that you really have to look at what kind of foods you're putting in, whether they're refined, whether they're chemicalized, really try to move to less processed, do some regular or periodic detoxing to lighten the load you know, on your body. So it can function the way that it's supposed to. 
And this is probably before all the labels of Whole30, right? So this was, you had to be super intentional to seek this out. And, and so you found out through your physician, how do you find that physician practice? Because that's not normal. You just don't find this very often. So did you do that through intentional searching? Was it just luck? Like, how did you find this doctor that helped put you on this natural path? Yeah, I didn't even know to look for that. I didn't even know they existed at the time. And it was only because my sister had found him somehow and mentioned that she was going to go see him. And I had just been praying and trying to figure out where to find some solutions so that when she said that, I thought, I need to go check that out too, because I have been searching for something and I'm going to go see what this is about. So I ended up going with her. I think I did have to travel because we did medical school in San Diego. So I traveled up to Utah to go to this appointment with her. And I remember calling my husband and saying, I think I found some solutions for my health. I'm going to change the diet. Like, are you willing to do this with me? Can we throw away all that pasta that's in our pantry as soon as I get home? That's what we did. And he was great. He went right along and he had been eating like the hospital cafeteria diet. So he had gained some weight from that. And after going two months on basically brown rice and like steamed broccoli or salads or something like that is what we were eating first. Cause I had to learn kind of how to cook whole grains. I didn't know how to prepare these things in the kitchen. I had to learn all that. So, but yeah, he lost, definitely lost 15 pounds at least over that two months. <laughs> Wow. So he's, he's losing weight and then your symptoms are decreasing and you're feeling better with it. And, and so I love hearing the story because there's so many intentional decisions that you're making along the way to, to feel better because it's not just naturally happening. Just like you mentioned, like many Americans, you're on the standard American diet, you're not feeling great. And then you decide, let me make some intentional decisions. Uh, are there any other decisions that had a, a positive ROI in your, your health at this time? You mentioned the doctor changing the diet. What else did you discover along this journey? Well, I started seeing the differences between conventional and natural therapies. And so did my husband, really. And when we finished medical school and residency, we started going to some seminars in Southern Utah based around this university that it used to exist, this college called George With. And they just talked a lot about freedom and also just leadership education. So they, they talked about different types of education and how public school and even like medical school where you're getting some dogmatic training that doesn't really always inspire you to think outside of the box or you know think for yourself in, in different ways. And, and so that kind of changed how we thought about some different things. And so he that made him start looking at this um, professional education that he had gotten in the medical field with a more critical eye and realizing that some of it was pretty dogmatic and you know that there is this kind of system that we've set up that's a monopoly with pharmaceutical medications and, and things. So he started also like seeing that difference and he was also using some of these natural tools successfully for just for his own health. He he doesn't get sick that often, but now when he does, he uses herbs and essential oils and they work for him. So he's been able to see that in, in practice and it's helped kind of bring, you know, these two systems together for us really successfully. 
What a great story. So you had to make sure to test this all out on your husband, the medical doctor, and then seven kids. What? So you're getting great experience, hands-on experience. You got your personal story as well. And when did you start to make that transition of, I think I can help coach others? I finished the master herbalist degree. And I think that was when I was on my fourth child. So I was about halfway through my kids. I was going to a midwife and I had some issue. I don't even remember what it was. And she gave me an essential oil. And I, I was like, what is this? I just did a master herbalist program. And this is from a plant and I don't know what it is. Anyway, I discovered these little plant extracts that I realized were 50 to 100 times more powerful than the the whole herbs that I had been using and making different remedies with, they were so easy to use because I just had to take the lid off the bottle. I didn't have to cook anything or, or wait for 14 days for it to you know, matriculate or whatever. <laughs> so I, I started realizing that these oil, essential oils were really good emergency preparedness medicine to have in my cupboard. So I started purchasing them. I was purchasing all these different brands, you know, experimenting with them, bought a whole boatload from the midwife, probably spent a thousand dollars. And the very next month I went to a meeting on essential oils with a new brand new company. And I was like, well, I don't know if I'm ready to buy more because I just <laughs> spent all this money, you know, buying these other ones, but I had been researching supplements and nutrition because of the melanoma basically, because I had had that. And so I was looking for my own preventative tools. So I was really studying antioxidants. I was looking at vitamins and minerals and realizing that that industry was doing the same thing as the pharmaceutical industry and making synthetic vitamins that really didn't do a whole lot for us. You know, so I was really turning purist and trying to find where do I find the real stuff, the whole food stuff that I learned that I really need for my health and to have energy, the energy that I wanted. And so I discovered that this company not only had really high quality supplements, but they were combining them with the power of essential oils of these plant extracts. And that really magnified the effect of them. So when I really studied and saw what they had, I was like, okay, I want this. Like, I want to be taking these supplements. I'd rather not be paying for them if I can help it. So maybe I will start teaching, teaching people about this. And so at that point, I, I made a decision that one, I wanted that healthcare. I wanted it paid for. And so I would start doing some education. I, I really wasn't thinking about doing it as a business at that point. It was really just to pay for my products and it was network marketing, which I had had some other experiences that weren't that great with network marketing. And my husband was very anti-network marketing. <laughs> so I kind of wasn't thinking that I would, you know, really launch into that seriously. I just wanted the products, thought it would be really nice to have all these for free and paid for. So at that point, I made the intentional decision to, I was going to just have some classes, teach my friends about it, see how hard it would be to get my products paid for. That's kind of how I started. And um, I did that successfully. It started going beyond paying for my products financially. And I really actually liked having my own income, which I hadn't had for a while. Just to get the timeline, when you started this, have you 
had all seven children here or where are we in the timeline? And, you know, how, how do you manage all this? Yeah. So I still hadn't had all my kids. I was on number four. And so I still had three more kids to go when I was just starting. And uh, so this is about 13 years ago. I wasn't doing it all the time, full time. I was, uh, I would usually teach a bunch of classes in the fall and then go through the holidays and teach a bunch of classes in the spring is really what I did. I liked that it was recurring income. So my monthly income started going up and it would stay at that level, even if I wasn't teaching classes for a few months and thought, this is really awesome each year. So after that first year, I was making like a thousand a month. And after the second year, I went up to 2000, third year, 3000, fourth, you know, it just kept going all the way up to about $6,000 a month. And I was like, wow, I love this. It's a recurring income. And it was right along with my passion for health, sharing what I'd learned about health, what worked for me, helping other people, you know, with their health, empowering other mothers. I was really passionate about that. And I started blogging at the time and writing articles about how I was using the oils and just on my kids and in my home and for myself. And so I did get a lot of people through that avenue as well, through my blog. How did you find that transition? Was it natural to get into a sales transition? Did you have any formal training or are you just winging it and just sharing your story? How did that process go? Well, it it was kind of natural because I had already been passionate about health. This company was different than other network marketing companies because a lot of network marketing companies, they start with a business plan and then they decide on a product, right? (laughs) So uh, how how are we going to sell this product? This is our business plan. And then how are we going to sell this? doTERRA really started differently. They started with a goal of having the purest essential oils on the planet and also helping people. So they really aligned with my values that way too, because I really valued service and education and, and lifting people up. And they did that in a lot of different ways. So they started with the product and that was their goal is to have the highest quality product. And then they built a really good business plan around there. All of it aligned with, with my values, my goals. And, and so I just loved that. And I loved that, you know, I could do that as a business. Whereas before I I didn't really, I almost didn't believe that I could be successful (laughs) doing a business, but I had had sales experience before I had worked some different jobs and I really liked it. I was good at it. And so that part was natural as well. You just have such a great story. I mean, here you are, mother of seven, soon to be seven, with an MD doctor as a husband, and then you've got your own personal health journey. You're trying on your kids, like you said, and then blogging. That was a you know fantastic idea to get the word out there. So you grow in the business, prior to the delight of your husband and yourself as well. Like, hey, you know, we're going well beyond just the break-even point. And so from there, what do you do? What was the next step? So what happened after that was actually um, we we had a crisis in our family. My second child, she um, was really active, ran track, was an actress, was on the improv team. She was a freshman in high school. And at the end of her freshman year, she got sick. We didn't know what it was because at first I didn't even realize she was sick, but she started not having energy and just laying on the couch, just eating fruit and my husband was like gone on a trip and we got home 
um, they were watching some TV and she said, oh, I, I can't really see it very well because I'm seeing double. And he was like, what? And so we took her in and ran some tests and it all came back negative. And my husband's like, uh, this, this might be really bad. And it ended up being a brain tumor. She had a brain tumor about the size of a golf ball right in the middle of her brain. And uh, so they did surgery. Anyway, it ended up being the most aggressive type of cancer that you can have. And so I just stopped everything and helped her fight this. It was about, it, it was exactly a year from the time that she got diagnosed. And, and then we lost her exactly a year later. Wow. So that was really hard. You know, as you can imagine, that was really um, devastating <clears throat> to us. And to me personally, I wasn't ready to jump back into my business. Like I, I kind of just lost my passion for life for a while. I, I didn't want to do anything. <laughs> so I knew I needed to go through the grieving process, which I did. And um, I ended up going about seven months after her passing, I ended up going on a trip with doTERRA and, and I had seen a lady <clears throat> at their convention who talked about a charity that she started for girls. She had started it in Africa for girls to be able to manage their period because they were missing school and they were missing life because um, they didn't have supplies to manage their period. And so when I went on this trip with doTERRA, they ended up distributing some of these kits. My husband had actually planned, he had been doing humanitarian trips since he started working as an ER doctor every year, he, he joined up with his doctor and they were going down to South America. I had gone with them once and, and he had committed me to going again with them that year. And I just really wasn't that excited. I just, you know, like I said, I had lost my passion for everything. And um, when I went on this trip and took these kits to these girls at this school in Dominican Republic, and they spoke Spanish and I speak a little bit of Spanish and I could see the education that they were giving them and how empowering it was. And that's when I got the little spark again. And I was like, okay, my husband wants me to go on this trip. I can make these kits. I can take these kits down there and I can do this service in honor of my daughter. Mm -hmm. And um, so that kind of sparked something. And my sister was there and she said she would do it with me. That helped me get kind of some passion and direction again. So for the next couple of years, I, I really focused on doing charity work in honor of my daughter. And so I was involved in that organization, which I still am. And then about a year later, I had a guy reach out to me on social media who had seen the pictures of our service. And he said, can you come here and, and teach some of our community, some of this stuff and help our community. And he was actually in Pakistan which I never would have picked, you know, that country to serve or to do anything there at that point. Luckily, that recurring income, I still got it month after month, which was really helpful. Even though I stopped working my business for over a year, I was still getting that income and that helped us <clears throat> with her care and a lot of things. So that was a huge blessing. But then I had this guy reach out and say, you know, I, I started telling him about days for girls. You know, we go in the classroom, we teach the girls this stuff, we give them the kits. And he said, well, these kids don't have a classroom. They're not going to school. 
And so I ended up talking to him for a couple months and finding out that there was a population of children. They weren't attending school. Um, it was kind of a religious thing. I'm like, okay, how many kids is this? 40 kids. How much could it really cost to start a school? Anyway, I knew doTERRA would match whatever fundraising I did. And so I raised money. It was like seven grand to start a school in Pakistan. <laughs> I just thought, you know, if I can just do this on the side and it doesn't take over my life, then this is great. Like I can help people. I can change the world. And, you know, I'm teaching girls in this school, girls and boys. But anyway, that has continued to grow and become its own business. I mean, it's, it's kind of a business. I still, I have to raise money for this thing and, and to keep it going. And I got involved with the Rotary Club here. They helped me because after the initial 40 kids, there was a whole bunch more families that came and wanted their kids to go to the school. So it ended up being over a hundred kids. And so really the Rotary over the last three years, not only has helped me, but they've also mentored me with a lot of business practices <laughs> that I needed to do to have a business plan for this program and be able to have, you know, the monthly expenses covered without me being in continual fundraising mode all the time and just a lot of valuable things along those lines. And so this last year I launched a sponsorship program to sponsor the kids there and it's $31 a month and we have a website, it's Living Hope Educational Enterprises. And so that kind of took over my life, you know, for a little while. And I've kept the ball rolling with my other business, doing doTERRA, selling essential oils, coaching people, but I never charged for my coaching. You know, I always just answered people's questions and helped them whenever they asked me because I was selling the oils. This year, I thought, you know, I really want to help people get a deeper transformation. Well, I know that I can do it with all of my experiences and my training that I got. And I want to help people help maybe a specific group of women. So I decided to do a, an ultimate gut health makeover <laughs> challenge. It was six weeks. I just am finishing that first challenge and it's gone really well. And it's been really fulfilling for me to lead these women through steps of, you know, the things that I've learned, all the things that I've gleaned over the last 23 years to achieve a deeper transformation and just feel a lot better, make some lifestyle changes for me and my business, also diversifying a little bit so that I didn't have all my eggs in one basket, one company or whatever. But I mean, even though I love this company, it's um, been amazing, but I did want to just diversify a little bit and have my own coaching program and, and kind of combine the two. You know, I still use the products and the supplements in the program, but that has been really satisfying for me to finally be able to take some people to a deeper level of transformation with their health. And then also learning all these things from my nonprofit as far as running a business and how to do things more efficiently. So yeah, that's that's what's how it's been going the last few years. Um, and I also mentioned to you when we started talking that I, I'm working on my own app, my own um, health app. So um, right now it's a web app, so it's accessible on the web and I'm getting ready to launch it on the phone. 
but I'm going to have monthly workshops in there that are free teaching the basics about essential oils. And also they ha I have just my own DIY recipes for different topics um, like respiratory support, immune support, uh, mental health, sleep, immunity. So that's a pro fun project that I'm working on this year. And then I will also have my health coaching on there. <laughs> well, it's inspiring to hear all the work you've done. And um, yeah, thank you for sharing your personal story as well, losing your daughter. I mean, it's, it's hard not to get emotional because I've got a couple of daughters as well. And I can't imagine what that process to go through is like and for you to acknowledge it and lean into it. And at the same time, take care of yourself. And so I always love to ask my guests, you know, how are you providing for yourself in this season? But particularly, you know, as you're grieving, can you look back and identify people that provided for you or how you provide for yourself to, to not, you never get through that, but just helped you process. Would you mind reflecting on that? Um, sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, my own family and neighborhood community were amazing. As I mentioned, I grew up in Los Angeles. My parents had been living down there and um, saying they were going to retire, but then they never did <laughs> for a long time. But the timing that they finally decided to sell their house, move up here, it was right before our daughter got sick. And it was amazing. After she got sick, they were in the process of moving up here. And she had like after the first couple months of being sick, you know, the initial surgery, she got, she had a blockage. She had a tube put in her brain and it got blocked. So she had a seizure and ended up in the hospital again for about five or six weeks. That was really hard because I had, you know, these six other children at that point at home. And I was in the hospital with my daughter three hours away. And my husband wanted to be with us for as much of that time as he could. Um, but then we've got the kids. So my parents came up here. They didn't even unpack anything. They just moved into our house and took care of our children, which was amazing and just divine timing, I believe. But also members of our, our community, our church really stepped up. They would come over, they would clean our house. They would take the kids where they needed to go. And that was amazing to see all the different ways that people reached out in love to serve us and support us. Like my eyes were really opened to see all those ways. And there were really some amazing and sweet things that happened. My daughter's school, her high school, uh, someone in the student government made a video for her and interviewed a lot of her friends and asked them like what they loved about her and went to her classes and um, took clips of the students saying, we love you, Raquel. And, and then all the sports teams, the track team, the tennis team, the football team, like all of them were saying, we love you, Raquel. And at the end, they had just like tons, hundreds of students in the school gym all say, we love you, Raquel. Like it was just so amazing and it made her so happy. And I just couldn't believe it you know, some of the things that people in our community did to reach out and show love for her. And her, the whole wall in the hospital room was covered with posters and letters. And um, it just, it just blew me away. So even though some of it was so challenging and so hard and so heartbreaking, there was just so many things that happened that were so sweet and amazing. One thing that really hit me when we got home, um, we had one girl that had been helping us 
and she told us about her cousins getting in a car crash and, and they died, you know, and, and it just put some things into perspective for me that we had that entire year that we were able to like reconnect and really just make some amazing memories with her before she left, you know, and now it's made me more um, purposeful and present with my other children, you know, to, to, to really define how I want my work family balance, spend time making those memories and um, nurturing and keeping those relationships strong that I have with my other children and other members of my family and friends um, just because we, we have our mortality and life is fragile. And so it really did change my perspective in so many ways. I have the belief that I will see her again after that life. That's my personal belief. And, and there was some interesting things that happened too. Like after she passed, there was a kid that was like, it was like a friend of a friend of hers that um, messaged me and started talking to me and told me that she visited him or whatever, that her spirit visited him. And I was just like, okay, you know, just tell me what happened and whatever. But then the interesting thing was, he said that she laughed and she said, okay, I got to go. I'm going to go visit my family. When she laughed, she smiled so big that he could see her her wisdom teeth or back molars. And that was so interesting to me because when she was sick in the hospital, she had um, not cavities, like she needed root canals. And we ended up pulling those two teeth right before the back teeth. So she had a gap there. And so the fact that he told me that I was like, oh my heck. So I believe in life after death. And I just feel like someday we're going to look back on this time and it's just going to seem like it flew by. And, you know, how did we spend it? And so to me at this point, keeping those relationships strong, serving others, finding ways that we can help other people in different ways. However, we, with our experience and our skills can help improve and lift people up. That's what I'm passionate about. Uh, I'm so thankful our past cross. Thank you for sharing your journey and you're doing so much. Do you have a, a website just as a hub that you can uh, tell us about, or how can people, you know, follow up from this conversation to just get plugged into the work that you're doing? I have a website that's jennywilson.com. I have a couple different health websites, naturaloilmom.com, naturalsolutionsmethod.com. Anyway, and then I have my my app that I'm launching that is free right now. And that link is a bit.ly link. So yeah, I've got some information in different places and, um, but right now I'm, I'm really focusing on helping people with the most powerful health solutions that I've found and uh, doing these challenges that really can help people make a transformation. Send me those links. I'll put those in the show notes. Was there anything that you wanted to leave our listeners with? And I just want to say, Jenny, thank you. And to honor you for sharing today. And I really appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share the story. You know, for me, after losing a child, when I, when I get to share that story, her story lives on. We have the opportunity to turn things that are really, really hard and, and we think, you know, are very negative and crises in our lives. We can look for the good in that. And, and that's something that helped me get through that is that I had to come to a place, and I did, you know, a place that was really dark and full of fear, 
of what was going to happen. And, you know, just being so scared and feeling like I couldn't even function almost. It was so um, almost suffocating. I, I had to make that decision that I wasn't going to live in fear anymore. I was going to start looking for something each day to be grateful for. And I was going to be able to be positive for her, for the rest of my family and for myself. Most of us, there comes a time in our life where we find ourselves in that position and we have to make a choice of whether we are going to continue in that darkness or, or make a choice to um, look for the positive, look for gratitude and be in a, in a brighter place where we can be in a position to give back to the world as well as our, as our own self. I mean, it, it feeds our own soul and then we can go out and lift others but we have to start with ourselves. Thank you for listening to this episode. Before you take off, I wanted to ask if you would enjoy getting a short email from me every Wednesday called A Kind Word. It provides a little positivity to help you get over hump day. It's free and shares highlights of things that have brought me joy over the past week. If you want to start getting a kind word from me, Simply sign up at justinthomascoaching.com by entering your email address and you'll get the next one. That's justinthomascoaching.com. Thanks again for listening. Bless and protect. Mm-hmm.